Have you ever felt like a fish out of water? Or maybe you feel stuck with where you're at. Matt Armstrong is a songwriter out here in Nashville. He's written for people like Chris Tomlin, Bethel Music, Ellie Holcomb, and many more. Matt was one of my first friends out here in Nashville. And I knew when I started this podcast, I had to feature him on here because he has such a gift to connect with others. Matt's ability to connect with people is usually over the songs he writes, but I brought him on to hear about his humble beginnings of where he started out here in Music City and how he keeps going on the days where he struggles with self-confidence. A balance of humility and talent in this conversation. My name is Noah Corston, and welcome to the Four Seas Podcast. We had a great conversation over coffee today. Let's dive right in. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, as as many of our listeners know, I'm out here in Nashville, and we are in Music City, and it's only fitting that I have a songwriter come on to the podcast. So thanks for joining me today. No problem. Oh, I appreciate it, Matt. So I want to kick this off. I think not many people, you're more a behind-the-scenes guy, but I think I think it's good for, for folks to hear just a little of your story. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. You work with many, a plethora of artists, uh, from Christian Stanfield to, am I saying his name right? Christian Stanfield? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. I just want to make sure. <laughs> you know, Chris <laughs> Tomlin, we got many others as well out here in Nashville. But I mean, tell us about your little your story. How, how did songwriting begin for you out here? Oh, well, you know, I mean, the story of how songwriting began is actually kind of twofold. Um, I started writing at about 15 or 16 for a a church band I was in just like a you know contemporary Christian band back in Buffalo New York growing up and um love it and I I would write songs for that band and you know teach them to the guys and then we'd all sing them and they wrote songs as well but early in the early years I was writing most of those songs and they were um comical to say the least I mean they weren't the greatest (laughs) songs like I'd ever written I mean but at the same time, they were also, you know, they're also stepping stones, you know, in kind of the greater story. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, that was about 15 or 16. And um, and then I moved to Full Sail to go to school in Orlando, Florida wow. for actually recording engineering because, long story short, I, I didn't really have the most the greatest voice in the world. And I wasn't really planning to try to pursue music as an artist. And I didn't really understand what songwriting was. And I didn't really know it was a thing outside of me writing songs for the band. And um, so I was, I was failing community college, Erie community college. And I failed a semester. And my dad, yeah. And my dad said, look, like you've got to do something. And you've always been passionate about music and you've always been able to pursue it and put your best foot forward into it. So maybe you should just try to do something surrounding music. And so I picked recording engineering, which comically I knew nothing about recording engineering. Um, But I've grown to love that side of music as well, because it kind of all fits into to the, to the thing I do. And so I went to full sale 
Then I came back to Buffalo and I worked construction wow. in the dead of February. I was shoveling off roofs and stuff as kind of like <laughs> odd job guy. Classic Buffalo weather. Yeah, I worked for a, a guy named Marcus Stanza, who's just a sweet was a sweet guy and gave me gave me a job and I appreciated it. And then I found an internship in Nashville um, at a recording studio called Dark Horse. Wow. recording which is out in franklin so i moved up here and lived in the studio um, as like a live-in intern wow. and uh was just kind of running errands that sort of thing um you know living off the dollar menu at wendy's <laughs> love it <laughs> just, just to kind of survive and um pulling my clean clothes and my out of the trunk of my car and putting my dirty clothes there and once a week Wow. Doing my laundry at the King Neptune laundromat there on Columbia Avenue in Franklin. Wow. And kind of through a series of events and about 10 months into doing that, I moved in with a bunch of guys and uh, ended up meeting uh, a producer who eventually led me to uh, a prominent producer named Ed Cash, wow. who, was, who was one of my heroes. And... Um, my roommate at the time worked in music and got me an interview with him. And um, it was funny. Like I went out to meet with him and then I just, he was like, well, why don't you come back tomorrow and just help me with some odd things. And then I ended up staying, I ended up working for him for three years. Wow. <laughs> it was just one of those things. Um, but during that time, a lot of bands would come in and out working with Ed and they would write songs and I would sit in the room while they were writing songs or, hear them writing and um, yeah. and I I felt this kind of void even in what I was doing like it wasn't necessarily what I was supposed to be doing and I think during that time um, the Lord kind of was tugging at my heartstrings going you're a mm -hmm. songwriter like stop trying to be something you're not you know stop mm -hmm. trying to work it as this engineer thing because it's just because you're afraid mm -hmm. that your voice in what you have to bring isn't enough to offer and so i would go home and write these songs i started writing again and i started like kind of pulling in friends to sing vocals on things i was doing yeah uh, and i showed them all the ed like back when there were cds i put a bunch of songs on a cd and i gave them that's the awesome and um he was like well i'm glad you showed me this like i didn't know you were interested in songwriting um which I always was. I was just too afraid to tell him. Right. Um, and about a month goes by. And one day I was like editing drums or something. And uh, he came busting in the door and he was like, Armstrong, where, where have all these songs been? You didn't tell me you were a songwriter. And why did you tell me you're a songwriter? You know, you've been here so long and I didn't even know you wrote songs. You know, he was like super excited and like, I think he was kind of going like, man, like this, you're, you're an okay engineer and you're an okay producer, but you're a great songwriter, you know? Yeah. And um, that was the first wow. time I just had that like affirmation and it was almost like the Lord was kind of slapping me in the back of the head a little bit. Like, what are you doing with yourself? You know, <laughs> like, wow, that's incredible. And uh, from that moment forward, he just started teaching me different ways to approach what I was doing and like, how to shave out the bad and keep the good. And yeah. a lot of those songs got cut. Like, mm. um, 
you know, and that's kind of how ultimately I ended up here talking to you, you know, wow. just because that's incredible, you know? So anyways, that's the yeah. long story. That's amazing. I mean, and I mean, name off just some of the people that, that you've worked with. I mean, you've worked with some incredible people. Yeah. Um, I've written, I've written songs for Chris Tomlin and I've written one with Bethel music. I've written songs for Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus culture and, um, you know, I am they sanctus real. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's a lot over the years. Um, Cochran and company. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, You're there's a veteran. A yeah. It's definitely been a joy. I mean, I don't feel like a veteran, but yeah. these days, you know, I'm almost 42 and I get in the room with some of these artists and I'm like, man, I, I am old. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many years, how many years you've been doing this now? Uh, this is my eighth year as a signed writer. Wow. Um, but collectively, I mean, 20 plus years, wow. you know, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, what I appreciate about you is, uh, you know, like as I'm talking to you right now, you're, you're working out of your home office, which is like a home studio in itself, which is so cool. Um, I, I think yeah. that like when, when we went over to your house, Lee and I, we were just like, Oh, this is so cool. Like this is where the magic happens in a lot of ways. And, <laughs> you know, it was, it was so cool just to see that. But what I appreciate you, but is, you know, you've always been super obedient to what God has for your life. And, you know, I, seen the fruit over the years of, you know, growing up with Leah and her family, obviously a little backstory of how we met is, you know, we got connected because my wife's family and you've been friends with my wife's family forever. You know, they, they saw you grow up (laughs) out up in Buffalo, which is funny. You know, wildly enough, Nate, your father-in-law, Nate Lennon was one of my influences growing up because he wow. was the first one that ever gave me a Christian record. Um, wow. And it was in the junior high. And well, he gave me two. He gave me Going Public by the Newsboys. Wow. And he gave me a record called Bloom by Audio Adrenaline. And I devoured those things. It was kind of, prior to that, I was learning a lot of Pearl Jam songs. On, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because <laughs> my it. brother was into Pearl Jam. And I, of course, learned guitar from watching him play. Um, but Nate, your father-in-law was the first person that was, that started my love affair with, with Christian songwriting, you know, that's amazing. Kind of, kind of wild. Yeah. So what <laughs> was I, the, fr- I just oh. love him dearly. Oh um, yeah. He's dear. incredible. Yeah. He's such a good guy. Yeah. I, I think like, it's funny how like something like that is what has sparked a lot you know, a lot of where, where you're at now, which is hilarious. Like you never know what one little thing will do for someone, you know, and, oh. and here you are, you're out here in Nashville working with some of the world's best singers, you know, and you yourself are a world-class songwriter. It's hard to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's very, it's very complex and there's a lot, there's a lot, it's not as glamorous as it seems. And, <laughs> you know, all if I got any of those cuts, it's because I wrote a hundred songs to get to those cuts. You know, it's yeah, just, it's, <laughs> it's not like what a lot of people think it is. But what does the day to day of songwriting look like? Like, wh- take us through like just a little bit of what a normal day would look like for for you. Well, you know, typically I wake up and do the kid thing, um, 
get them to daycare. And then like, I'll spend like my first, most writing sessions start at 10. Um, and so if I have a demo to do, I'll work on that prior, or sometimes I even wake up before they get up and just kind of do a few odd things. Yeah. Um, you know, I try to read in the morning or listen to the Bible in the car on the way home or like, that's awesome. I, I, I try to stay doing that. Um, and then also, um, I'll find a place and just respond to emails and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, at 10 o'clock, usually the artist will show up or whoever I'm writing with will show up and we'll write and, um, till about three or four, you know, mm. um, and try to fit food in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I try to get the verse and chorus down by lunchtime so that like, when nice. we, lunch, we know that like the back half of the day is going to be <laughs> easier, you know? Um, yeah. But it, it doesn't always happen that way. Um, sure. You know, and so that, that's, that's honestly what a typical day looks like. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Ballpark. How, how many songs do you think you've written? In my, like in, in the lifetime of what I've done. Yeah. Of my yeah. Uh, through, through your career. Yeah. What would you say right now? Twenty five hundred, maybe. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Because you're just pumping them out, like. Yeah, I mean, in the early years, I wrote a lot more. Like, I would do two songs in a day, a lot of weeks. Like, I would do show up and write a song at ten, and then write another song at two o'clock. Yeah, I don't do that anymore because it really burned me out. And to be honest with you, I went through a season where I just didn't believe what I was writing anymore. Um, mm. I was kind of burned out. And, uh, and so I slowed down, but I kept writing and I kind of worked my, I kind of wrote my way out of that season, which is kind of hard, probably hard for you to understand. But for me, it, mm. it makes a lot of sense, but, yeah. um, but in those, in those years when I was first signed, I, I mean, I was going hard at, at it, mm. you know? So I can only imagine, I mean, like, take us through that. Like, how did you get out of that burnout phase? Like what, what kept you grounded? Like, and what keeps you motivated even still to, to do songwriting? Well, you know, as you're starting to learn, Nashville is kind of an interesting place to be as a believer in general, because, mm. well, I love all my friends and I love all of my music friends, but you know, when you, when you do this for a living and you go to church on Sunday and then Monday you wake up and you write a song about the cross and then Tuesday you wake up and you write a song about the cross and then Wednesday you mm. wake up and you, you know it's just there's you're surrounded by um you're surrounded by faith-based things all the time you know and so yeah whereas like where we grew up in Buffalo you know you go to church and you go to church on Wednesday but then during the week you go to public school and there's a lot of people there's the harvest is greater or at least it yeah. seems you know it's you can tell the difference between a lost person and an unlost person you know mm, yeah um, and i think for me i began to kind of go get to this place of like a, a stagnant uh of, um is that the word a stagnant kind of phase where sure. i was i was burned out and i was wondering i was asking the lord if what I was writing was making a difference. If it was even worth it, like if you were even real, um, because I, 
I was really good at the craft. I could I could spit out the brilliant lyrics when it came to Jesus, but I I felt like it I felt like he was missing. You know, mm-hmm. I was just I was like an outsider writing a Hallmark card and then putting it on the shelf, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Wow. And um I decided that like some separation would be good. So I started playing men's league hockey and I started doing things to actively get away from, to, to give myself some space, like, and to kind of remind myself that there's people that need to hear these things, you know? Mm. And, um, and I just kept writing, like I made this conscious decision that I still needed to, I still needed to continue writing, you know, and worshiping and like staying invested. And I had some really key moments in writing that shifted my heart and mm. and kind of led me back to the first love if that makes sense and uh, yeah 100 percent. kind of through that and some writer friends that are mental you know there's there's writers that keep we keep each other accountable and we talk a lot and we kind of understand each other in ways that other people don't and so sure just conversations with writers in the room and like remembering that like outside of pen and paper I'm a human being who has a separate relationship with God and yeah. that, you know, and, and my writing is a reflection of that relationship and not my writing is the relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah, so. that's good. I know I you're a passionate hockey player, you know, I like, uh, <laughs> you're a big Predators fan, so. I am. Um, it's the Buffalo in you and your dad. Your dad was a, it was a great hockey player. Yeah. And he's a, he's a Sabres fan. So it's always kind of funny. You know, <laughs> we, we went to the, we go to the Sabres game when they play the Predators. It's funny. Cause they almost seem like the same team. Like, the names are so similar. <laughs> he wears his Sabres jersey and, and I wear my Predators jersey. I love um, it. Sorry about the abs, by the way. Uh, Just it. It, it was tragic. I know I was. We were watching that game, and it was it was heartbreak city. But as we're recording, the Nuggets are doing all right. I'm not That's sure it. how it's going to turn out in the end, but I hope <laughs> by the time this is out that it's an NBA championship for the Denver Nuggets. So we'll, we'll see. So there's still a little hope in Denver. <laughs> yeah, there's hope for the Avs too. I mean, they had they're plagued with injuries. So. I know it was it was terrible. But I mean, one of the things that that. I've noticed about you is, you know, having that outlet has been good for you. And I think that like of hockey, like hockey is a good way to clear your mind. Like why, why do you think extracurricular activities like that are important, especially with what you do, especially speak to the creatives that are listening. Like why is it important to have an extracurricular activity outside of what you're doing? Well, I mean, I think the hard part about creative jobs is that what I've learned is that if you treat them like a job, then they never seem to go your way. But when you treat it like, like a passion and you treat it like not a desk job, Mm. um, they use, I seem to write more. I I seem to write better without the pressure. And so Aki is a way for me to completely tune out, to to, to completely tune out music and just to think about something different to get my brain off. Mm off of it and also you know the guys that are in those locker rooms you know are usually 
just good people and blue collar people and not necessarily believers, you know, just mm. guys that I can kind of hang with and, and, and invest in that know nothing about what I do. And, and it's a, it's a good example and it's a good way to, it's a good way to um, find some, some folks that like need to hear about Jesus, you know, and, and need to see that example. And also, um, you know, just, appreciate what you do and, 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 um, yeah, it's just a good separation. Yeah, no, totally. I I'm totally tracking with that. And that's, I I love that. You know, I think it's good, good way to clear your mind. You know, I, I know for me, that's what sports did for me growing up. That was a great way for me to clear my head. And even still, like if I'm not running or going to the gym, uh, you know, obviously being rooted in the word, but also, you know, doing things like having a hobby that you're passionate about, I think it's it's extremely helpful. And you know, that yeah, it's helpful to to connect with others, you know, and that's what this podcast is rooted in is in connection. And so, I mm-hmm. mean, for you, like what have you found, like, especially with songwriting, like why what have you found that with songwriting as you know, as a way to connect with with people? Like, how have you found a way to to connect? Obviously, you do it for a living. So, I mean, how have you found the the way to just to click with people in songwriting? Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because songwriting is one of those things that, you know, when you get in the room with an artist or a writer, like the first 45 minutes, excuse me, or, um, is usually spent in this place of get to know you. And one thing mm. that I can say about creatives is that they're going to let you know them, you know, that it's just, wow. it's just part of the nature, you know, like guys will come in even if it's the first time you write and it's almost like you feel like you love that person by the time they leave like you just it's just a weird it's a weird like unspoken communication i think that left brain people have when especially within the the songwriting field and so uh, and there's guys that i've just written with for years and it's almost like you know there's certain guys that I've developed these long-term friendships with that come over and it's almost, it's almost like you don't have to say things at times and they know what you're thinking. You know, it's just, wow. it's just, you just learn each other, how each other ticks so well. And so, yeah, yeah connection is so important and relationships are so important, especially in, in music. I mean, if, if there's a day I'm not writing, I'm almost always, at coffee with somebody or at lunch with somebody or, or just having long conversations with a friend on the phone. Um, It's just, it's, it's, it's crucial to the lifeblood of what I do. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. And we're, we're chatting over coffee today. I mean, that was your, your uh, part of the four season, man. So you, you chose the coffee today. You're drinking a good old cold brew from, from Starbucks. I am. Yeah. I still, <laughs> I still hit the Starbucks. Like I'm not super, I'm not super fancy. <laughs> hey, yeah, Starbucks is still good. I, I still like Starbucks. It's still good coffee. So man, I love that. So, I mean, you found a way to really connect not only with your audience, but just with those you work with too. I mean, I mean, take us through like, why, like, what have you found with creatives to be so distinct and, and different in terms of of connection because I think in your world you guys are able to write songs that like I've sang one of your your songs at church like over Easter we sang at the cross which Chris Tomlin did and that's one of your biggest songs that you've you've written and 
it's incredible to see how God has blessed that song and just connected with with people on a daily basis. But I think that's something that your world really knows how to, how to do is connect. But on the behind the scenes level, like wherever, I guess for you, I, I'm trying to peel the layer of, of the onion a little bit into this of like, what, what is, what are some practices that have you found? Like, cause I know you're talking about like, you guys just can look at each other and have a certain look. Like, what are some practices that you guys have found just to connect with each other on a deeper level? Well, I mean, with the guys that I usually come in that can, we can read each other really well. I mean, those relationships run, you know, 10 plus years. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. those are like relationships where we're not only writing together, but we see each other out of sessions as well. You know, like, yeah. I think a guy, Benji Coward or Tony Wood or, you know, Ethan Hulse or, you know, um, just guys like that that I've just known forever. Um, A lot of those started in community in in ways that weren't even surrounding songwriting. Um, I used to host writing night every Thursday uh, a number of years ago. And the people would, all these guys would just show up one Thursday of the month and we'd all hang out and every, 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 uh, every month we'd have like a new guy come and speak to give us his words of wisdom and, um, you know, someone in the music industry or, or somebody out of the music industry, somebody that just has like a really good perspective on the church and, and on worship. And, and a lot of those, uh, bred great songs that came out of us in rooms following just because Mm. the, you know, there's no pressure. It wasn't like we were trying to create in those moments. We were just, chilling <laughs> you know what i mean We're yeah talking you know and in in that respect also with a lot of new writers and artists that come in the room i can always tell an artist that's gonna make it and i know that sounds really? strange but usually the ones that can make it are the ones that really like open up to you in the room and have mm. thoughts of their own and have they just kind of know where they want to go as far as like what the big picture is of their ministry or their thing. Um, It's always the ones that come in and sit down and expect you to do it for them. Mm. Those are always the ones that I'm in the back of my mind. I think, I don't know this is going to work, you know, Mm. because the people, the guys that come in and want to connect with you and work with you to accomplish, you know, where they feel like the Lord's wanting you to go. Then I have the ability to use my abilities to steward mm. that easily. You know, that's good. And it takes a lot of pressure off because the connection is there. If that makes no, sense. hundred percent. And yeah, I I'm totally tracking with that because I think for you, what I've noticed, especially living down here in Nashville and, and just getting to know you guys over just the last year, like you and Kate, your guys' ability of I would say one of your spiritual gifts is hospitality. And yeah. I think I think you guys have an ability to welcome in people, to feel comfortable. And I think one of the things I've learned with you is y- you've you've mastered the way of like taking the pressure off a little bit, like taking serious what you're doing, but not being as uptight. Like you're one of the most chill dudes I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people have always said that about me historically, but yeah, I mean, I have my I have my demons and I have my things that I battle just like everybody else. It's just, I think that the Lord has kind of given me the, the, uh, the, the wisdom and the ability to kind of, to know when to, 
to just chill and just to be laid back, like, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm thankful that you said that, you know? Yeah, no, I, and I, I mean that I think like you guys have been a blessing to so many people. Um, and yeah, I appreciate you, especially you were the, one of the first guys I met being down here, you know, you helped me you know, move my mattress and stuff like that. I'm like, what a guy, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> That you guys are always looking so up. Well, though, they, <laughs> yeah, you put it together and then realize that it wasn't going to work or something, right? Uh, you know, it, I had to, I, I did it wrong and then had to, had to do it. I was like, it was one of those, like, you know, just head scratchers. And I'm not like the most handiest guy you'll ever meet either. So it was one of those, like, <laughs> oh, me yeah. neither. My father in law laughs at me all the time because <laughs> I'm always the guy who tries to do the fix it thing and then ends up like with a hole in my kitchen. <laughs> oh yeah that's me i'm like i i know that i suck at this and you know anyone who's listening feel free to coach me anytime you know i'm, I'm a handyman <laughs> inside so that's hilarious but i know for you like getting to know you especially this last year like you're more introverted at heart but you know being around you you, you become super extroverted like as you get more comfortable with people um i, I one thing that I, i'd love to you know just point out is not you know you 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 have these moments where you know like i mentioned before you know how to connect with those around you but i mean talk to our introverts like how are you able to stay engaged with the people that you work with especially as more of an introverted person and like how do you you know stay not only stay engaged but how do you what is like recovery time look like for you as well cuz i'm extremely extroverted so i don't know i, I don't always understand that at times and so it's good for me to talk with with other folks of like what what is space for you to recover so kind of a loaded question but uh, i'll let you run with that yeah um i think you know it, when i'm in the room with a, an artist or, or there's two or three people in the room i think i've just learned over the years that to kind of step out of my own skin if that makes sense you know yeah when they get when they get in my space it's not about it's, it's about them. And I've kind of learned that the more, you know, songwriting is like, I've kind of learned that songwriting is like 80 to 90% counseling and 10%, mm. right. 10 to 15% writing because um, a lot of times if, when I step into a situation with somebody trying to serve them um, and trying to, trying to just be an encourager and, they're more accepted. They're more uh, willing to, to like lean into my ideas and song ideas I have and things I have because yeah they, they begin to trust you, you know? And, and, and at the same time, it's also very rewarding for me. Like when, when, when an artist leaves my space, even if we don't write a great song that day, but if they, they leave, if they leave feeling good and like feeling encouraged and feeling blessed, then I think I've still done my job, you know, because maybe that time we don't write a great song, but the, but the second time around we may write their radio single, you know, you, you just never right. know. And so, um, but all that to say, you know, for me, it, it can be like, I'm okay with two or three people, but I, I, whenever it comes to going to like business parties or like, places where there's a lot of people i i become very nervous and very introverted and like i i can i can almost shoot myself in the foot in those situations because because i'm so introverted that um you know sometimes i just am afraid i 
I, I just stick out like a sore thumb because I'm so, you know, because in my own head, I'm like so self-conscious, you know, and I've, I've long dealt with major confidence issues. That's part of my story. And so um, those are, those are horrible things for me. So, but if I can be, I found that if I can be in a room and open and honest with an artist and vulnerable and, and just be myself and, and um, cut up with them and laugh and like, you know, spit out funny lyrics, even if I know they aren't going to make the song just to keep the ball going. And like, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, then the more vulnerable I am, the more confident I am. Like the more, the mm. more I try to be this like Grammy nominated something songwriter, um, the more I might, the more I'm sinking like the Titanic. I don't mm. know if that makes sense, but um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I try to connect. And then a lot of times when they leave, at least at my old house, I haven't quite figured out how to do this here. I still try to, but I run, I like to be outside. Um, I like to walk. Like I, I like to walk to trail walk. My old place, I would usually leave a session and my decompression would be just walking and praying in the woods and just kind of reflecting. I'm very nostalgic. Wow. So I like to, yeah. I like to separate my brain and like think about the bigger picture of what I'm doing and, gain perspective and that that gives me kind of inner peace and those times refill me if that makes mm. sense that's so good yeah no i i think for you like one of the things that I, that I know you highlighted was that confidence piece i mean i mean i'd love to hear just a little more of that i mean how did you and i'm sure you know no one's ever arrived in certain areas but how do you work on that confidence piece just to maintain you know mental wellness and and just and so on like how how do you continue just to to have that oh man i mean to be very transparent maybe this is too transparent i mean that's a kind of an ongoing battle for me that i still that i still continue with today i mean i have high moments and low moments i mean i mean i have all the confidence in the world from people like ed cash and guys who really validated what i do um and different writer friends and stuff but yet still you know there are days that i'm like when are they going to find when are they going to figure me out you know what i mean <laughs> you know mm. because i didn't start as a singer and because I, i've always had that kind of like in the back of my mind that like you know i don't have the greatest voice and you know i, I can't play the way some people do i mean nashville is a very like everybody else can do it better place and so I mean, to be honest with you, I think for me as a songwriter, so, so many times I let fear and kind of my lack of confidence steer the ship. Um, I, and if I'm honest, I've spent most of my career fighting only myself creatively. And, um, and so this whole battle for me of being vulnerable and um, the, the whole battle of being vulnerable and kind of letting myself be the be the person that I know the Lord has called me to be um, has hills and valleys. You know, there's there's times where I feel on top of the world, and then the next day I'll see something, or you know, the devil. I'll give the devil a foothold in my brain, and it starts speaking to me things that are aren't true, and and then I can I can start backpedaling. You know, it's so I yeah. I don't know how to answer that because I wish I could say that. I wish I could say that I still don't, you would think, you know, you've got all these gold records and you've got all this stuff. It's surely it's not that way anymore, but um, unfortunately I, you know, the, you know, 
the devil is crafty and he's 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 good at knowing that he can he can dig all the way back to high school and all the way back to middle school and pull things out and go no you're still that guy you know what i mean are you and you know and you're not really a very good songwriter like you're not you know and so it's just it's an ongoing battle to kind of stay in a healthy place you know i don't I think there's victory. There are victories and there are times when I feel, you know, very walking in tune with the Lord and, and, um, and just learning how to like, how to fight those voices is something that I think time and space help with exercise helps with vitamin yeah. D being in the word, um, talking to friends that know you that really know you, um, that would call that you could call it two in the morning, like, um, and just, you know, giving it to the Lord and leaving it constantly leaving with it and, and saying, I know this isn't true. Help remind me again, because it's Tuesday and I got to go into this writing session and I'm afraid that they're going to figure me out, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that helps or what that means, but hopefully it'll help somebody. Thanks know? for sure. Yeah. And I can confidently say that you are one of the best songwriters in Nashville, you know, and <laughs> you lead with just a ton of humility. And I I think that's one of the, one of the key reasons you are where you are, because I think God sees that and has, has honored your life because of that. And, you know, I, I, what I've learned about you too, is like, yeah, there's things that scare us and I'm sure scare you, but you find a way to keep going, which I appreciate. And um, yeah. I appreciate the vulnerability there. Cause I think that that's going to help someone, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think that stepping into creative, creative, a creative job, even what you're doing with the podcast, with this podcast and other things, I mean, it, it's, um, there's something about stepping into it out of obedience, even if, even if you're unsure, I mean, so many of like yeah. the, you know, the, like I wrote a song called confidence and it was, it's kind of like a, it's a pop song, you know, and, and it, it talk it calls out all these major Bible characters and 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 it and it basically says like but if they can do this then surely I can step out in confidence you know and a lot of those major players in the Bible had a lot of things you know they weren't they weren't perfect they had their struggles they had their doubts and you know and, but yet God still used them in powerful ways so I just think that sometimes reminding ourselves that what we're doing what you're doing um it takes obedience and that obedience you step out in faith even if even if you're even if you're unsure of the waters are, he wants you to walk on or the or the things that he's going to part for you for you like mm. we don't always know the, end of the story, but he's he's writing it and it's not our job to know it's just our job to be obedient mm. and keep doing what he's given us as a passion to move forward yeah. No, I, that's such a good word. Cause you know, I, as I was getting started with this podcast, I mean, um, I mean, as many of our listeners know, as you know, like I was doing a lot of the podcast stuff out in Buffalo and, you know, I, and I was going to partner, uh, you know, do a few different podcasts, uh, elsewhere, but it just, it just, those doors kept shutting and the, you know, the opportunity of, 
of having me start this podcast just kept coming up in conversations. Anytime I would, you know, be, be in the word and just be thinking about it, like it just kept coming up. And so I think that obedience piece is so important because, you know, oftentimes I'm like, am I doing the right thing? You know, is this going to help someone? And, and oftentimes it's like, oh, you just got to take that leap sometimes, you know, like Jesus was walking on water and, you know, Peter wanted to be out there and he called him out, you know, and sometimes like you just got to go for it, you know, so yeah. I totally I, thanks for sharing that. That was good. Yeah. I would imagine podcasting is a lot like songwriting where it's like, Hey, you know, the first you're kind of, you're, even though right now it's small, you're building a thing and it, and, and that yeah. thing takes a commitment and it takes, it takes getting past the, the first 20 where you feel like, Oh, what is this? You know, I don't even, what is this? What's happening with this? I don't even know what's happening. It's kind of that blind, obedient faith. And I think you're in that season and it's going to, you're going to see the harvest come through. I appreciate that. Well, one of the things that, you know, that I'm really excited for is, is it seems like Christian music is really starting to take off more and more. Like we are 2023 in particular, you've seen really the Jesus movement happen a lot of ways. And I think that's happened in the music industry uh, too. So like, what have, what have you found, you know, not only with Christian music, but, you know, in songwriting, like, how have you found Christian music just to connect with others? And what are you most hopeful for the industry going forward right now? Man, I I think that this, this whole creative space with streaming, you know, it's opened up a lot of doors for um, people to do things differently. You know, like uh, artists can kind of go back to the old days of Christian music where there were different genres and there were different, you know, you, you had your DC talk, but then you, but then you also had your jars of clays and Vivo Norman's doing like singer songwriter yeah. stuff. And, and then you had like the super tones or like you had multi genres and what happened a lot when I think in the last, you know, 10, you know, the prior, the past 10 years is that it's kind of, you've kind of had to stay in a certain place mm. on, to some degree on Christian radio but I think with with the expansion of Spotify and streaming services, while there's still a lot to figure out as far as compensation for the writers and the artists, um, I think that's that, a whole separate podcast. That's I'm sure. a whole separate thing. But I think <laughs> that, I think that the positive thing is that it's 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 allowed for a lot of different creative spaces and genres and 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 um, obviously with worship, you know, I I still think there's that's ever evolving and ever growing, but the, the heart of it remains the same. I mean, and, uh, you know, just simple songs to the Lord and, you know, it's a heart posture with that. Um, but I, I'm excited for Christian music and even, even the radio stuff, I think they're willing to take chances on different artists. And, and I, I just think I see it, I see it growing a lot of ways and I, and I hear the stories of, of how songs work. And, and um, honestly, that's just, it's just like uh, power to press forward and just encouragement that, Hey, you're, you know, you're making a difference in people's lives and, and, and making an impact on the kingdom, you know, hmm. what's the story that touched you from one of the songs that you written that you, that you wrote? There's been a lot of, I've heard a lot of stories. Um, there's been a couple that have really touched me. Like I, I, I got this video from a friend. I don't even know where he saw it or he found it, but there was a, there was like a, a group of kids and they, they looked like they were maybe middle school age and they were all like, uh, like in Kuwait or something. 
it was somewhere where like the, the Bible is kind of oppressed and um, maybe it was China, I, but they were all kind of like uh, in this hallway and a stairwell in like a dark, like a dark hallway. And there's maybe like sure. 15, 15 kids and they were singing at the cross. And wow. um, I, you know, I don't know the necessarily the full story surrounding that, but um, I think I was really moved by it because I was thinking, man, how does only a song can travel the world like that? You know, mm -hmm. like there's something about a song that it's so much bigger than who you are, you know, and especially with worship. I've always felt that worship is more of like a service. Like you, you write the song, but then you lay it down. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not about it's not you know and so it's cool to see it's just cool to see how god moves and breathes um i also heard a story about one of my songs that was on a playlist with a girl that's having uh brain surgery and um, wow. she, she had she had this song on a list of songs that maybe 10 songs that she was kind of playing over and over again while she was um under the knife basically with like a 50 50 chance of it working oh um, my gosh and um, she lived, but it was just that those kind of stories. It's almost like, man, that song brought so much peace to that person that they were, that they chose it mm -hmm. for such a dire situation. Like, I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that makes the writing room worth it, you know? Yeah. Cause that, you know, sometimes that can be hard. You know, you don't always see the fruit of your labor because you're kind of in the room every day. And when you don't lead worship or, um, you see it in churches. Like I've been at churches when they've led at the cross and that's awesome. But, um, you know, it's just nice to hear stories and, um, and to know that you're making a difference. Powerful. It's so good. And on a side note, do you ever go up to, to the, to the churches and be like, Hey, uh, you just sang my song. Do you ever say that? Or you just, you're just like Batman. You just kind of just disappear in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Batman. <laughs> I'm not cocky enough. To, to do that. You know. I always wonder that because I mean, there's so many songwriters out in Nashville, you know, that are doing what you're doing, and I'm sure like some of their songs are up. And I'm like, I wonder if they're ever like, if they ever say anything, or if the church <laughs> even knows. Yeah, so, the things hey, that go man. through my head sometimes. <laughs> hey, Mr. Worship Leader, like you did a great <laughs> job with my song, but next time. <laughs> Just lay into him a little bit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, never be able to do that. Yeah, that's so good. Well, Matt, I, it's this has been so fun. And you know, I didn't even get to most of my questions that I want to ask you, but that's what makes for a good podcast because uh, the ebb and flow of things. And you know, I, we went to places that I didn't think we'd really go, but I, I think the the word that comes to mind with you is humility. I think you you have a ton of humility in what you do, and I think that leads to everything else. Um because I think God's just really blessed your ministry and you found a ways to tangibly connect with others. You know, I think you have, you're not perfect, but you have a healthy work-life balance between your family, you know, between what you do and um, your songs have, are really starting to change the world in, in a great way. And it's cool. Cause I think once you get God involved with anything that can really touch people's lives. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it a lot. And likewise, yeah, for this uh podcast and just can't wait to see where it goes and what it does so. i appreciate it well as we wrap up do you have any just final thoughts or just words or remarks just for just for our listeners listening today 
Um, I think that if there's one thing that I've learned that's really stuck with me is that, you know, fear is a liar. Like anytime you think that, uh, anytime you think that fear has the final say, it doesn't in your life. So be confident in what God is calling you to do. And don't be afraid to step into it, even if you're afraid, because beautiful things can happen and amazing things can happen. Amen. That's such a good word to finish out. Matt, thanks for joining the podcast. No problem. Loved it. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Matt. An incredible conversation and even better friend. So Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And be sure to rate, subscribe, and share with a friend. We're growing this thing because of you. I can't say thank you enough. This has been so fun to, to be doing this. And I'm excited to see where this goes. And until next time, we'll see you on the Four Seas Podcast.